0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Thank you for being here this morning in our second service. We have one more service today. We'll share about it at the end of this one in a few minutes. but. Uh, glad you're here today. We're going to continue on where I started a couple of weeks ago. We ministered on the heart and the mind. And uh, then last Sunday, listen, if you weren't here last Sunday or haven't had the opportunity yet to go online and listen to the service, you have to do it if you're part of this family. Pastor Suzanne preached on Mother's Day. It was a word for not only all the moms, it was a word for all of us. It was a powerful word. And uh, it was so powerful that this week, Melissa called, and she said, I'm going to let your wife uh, in on a little secret. So she called Suzanne and said, Pastor Suzanne, that word was so powerful. The ladies' getaway, the ladies' conference that we're having in Peora, Peru, you're going to be the keynote speaker, and you're going to speak that message. So uh, Suzanne found that out, and she looked to to me for counsel and covering. And I said, absolutely. Amen. You're going to do it. So uh, we're excited. She doesn't have a say in the matter. So it's her fault for preaching under the anointing. But we're excited as well as some of our other ladies will be sharing uh, in that conference as well. So we have a lot of exciting things. We are kicking in schools out this week and uh, at least at the Rock School on Friday. And we'll have graduation Next weekend, we have a a special guest that's going to be bringing the word for us, with us, and uh, he's also going to be our keynote speaker at the Rock School Friday night. He's attorney David Gibbs from uh, Tampa, Florida, great man of God, and uh, he is the attorney that represented Terry Shiva years ago. Many of you might have followed that story. He he went all the way to the Supreme Court trying to save Terry Shiva's life. And uh, it's a remarkable story. I actually have a copy of his book. And uh, he's also, his firm has represented the Rock of Gainesville numerous times over the years. Isn't it a shame that in 2019 a church has to have uh, attorneys representing them just for, uh, to protect us in a lot of ways to our uh, legal rights as Christians? But they are a great firm. We actually support their organization. They are attorneys, but it's a ministry. And uh, we support them on a monthly basis. Your mission's offering um, goes a portion of that goes to NCLL, National Center for Life and Liberty. And that's uh, powerful, and uh, so he'll be here next week, and it's going to be great. You'll hear, you'll hear him call me Preacher and uh, so when, when I met him a couple of months ago, Tad, we, we've been supporting him for years. Tad and Ron have actually been at a couple of his conferences, and so when he met me, it was preacher, and uh, so I was preacher about 20 times. I finally leaned over to Pastor Ron. I said, it's a good thing he knows you and Tad's names, because I don't think he knows my name, <laughs> so I was just preacher, so you'll hear him talk about preacher, I'm sure, next Sunday, so all right. Well, this is- enough of that. Let's get into the Word this morning. It's good to have all of you here, and uh, I want to just encourage you, get out your smartphones or your legal pads, a piece of paper, something to write. I'm going to give you a few notes today that I really think as believers, whether you just got saved last week and got baptized today, we had a precious young lady give her heart to Christ in the first service, and uh, she is now 100. We've had 138 people come to Christ since January the 1st this year. Come on, I think we ought to give the Lord a praise. For that hallelujah, some of these are being baptized every month as we are baptizing, and so we rejoice with these. But today, I want to pick up on that message from two weeks ago, and i 've titled this this morning: "Who has your ear? Who has your ear i 'm asking Holy Spirit to speak uh, very strongly to all of us today, no matter where we are on our walk with Christ, whether we just got saved or Or you've been saved for 40 or 50 years, 53, 54 years uh, for me that I've been walking with the Lord since I gave my heart to Christ at age eight and baptized uh, one time and and, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit and have walked out my salvation. Have I always done it successfully? No way. Have I failed many times along the way? Miserably. Is God's goodness beyond measure And beyond what we can comprehend or think, absolutely. And uh, so no matter where you are on your journey with the Lord today, wherever you are on the path, man, God loves you. God has a purpose, a plan for your life. He's got a future for you. He's got something so much bigger for you than you even can imagine for yourself. Your greatest dreams are nothing in comparison to what the Father has for you, what he wants to do in your life, what he wants to accomplish in you. And through you. So let me pray and we're going to jump into this word. Father, today we really want to examine our own lives and our own hearts. We want to make sure that you're the one that has our ear. And if and if that's not the case with us father then thank you for your sweet conviction that draws us and and really you're 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 continually uh, um, uh, drawing us to you you're continually uh, bringing your sweet spirit of conviction into our lives when we get off of the straight and narrow and we get on that wide path of foolishness Lord I thank you that you love us so much that you don't leave us alone you don't leave you don't reject us you don't walk away when we mess up you're quick to forgive when we are quick to repent. And so today, I pray over this word that in each of us, uh, again, wherever each one of us are, from the youngest to the oldest in this room, on our journey with you, that today we'll see that your desire for us since salvation is that we begin to grow and to mature and to become Fully mature through Christ Jesus and the work of the cross and the work of Holy Spirit in our lives. So today, be glorified in this word, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. So, who has your ear? The mind, uh, when, when, when I talk about the ear, and I'm going to talk about the ears, the eye, uh, eyes today, I'm going to talk about our thought process, I'm going to talk about our mind, I'm going to talk about our hearts, but the reality of it is, all of it is tied together, and uh, the gift of salvation is completely a gift. Salvation is not something you can earn. You don't deserve it. You can't go to church enough just to get it. You're never good enough for it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it with with religious deeds. The gift of salvation can only be received by faith. Say amen to that. By faith, you receive salvation. The Holy Spirit comes. He convicts our hearts. We realize that we are in need of a Savior, and we can't save ourselves, and so we reach out to Christ in some form or fashion. Many of you, like me, might have got up out of a chair and ran to an altar and and prayed and cried and wept. Some of you raised your hand. Some of you got saved at home. Some of you got saved driving down the road in the middle of the night. Man, you were at the low point of your life, and you cried out to God. Some of you were on a journey from A to Z, and God brought you to the rock of Gainesville B. I'm looking over here at Daryl Card, Daryl and Susan Card. Daryl was on his way to Orlando to get a job, not saved. Him and his wife way up north in in forsaken land up there, and and, and Daryl's on his way, and he stops off to visit his his sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and he comes to church on a Sunday morning, I give an altar call. Daryl responds to Christ Jesus. That afternoon, we're baptizing out on the property where we'll be this afternoon. And Daryl goes over and gets baptized. That night, we got Daryl in the Connect group. He doesn't even live here, man. He's got to call his wife and get the nerve up to tell her that he got saved. And, 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 and matter of fact, he just told me recently that, that on his way here, his wife told him now, if you're going to go see my sister and brother in law, don't go to church with them. Come on, somebody. She's like, she's like they're crazy. And uh, hallelujah, amen. They're peculiar. They're unique. They're different. And, and, and Daryl didn't obey his wife. Thank God. Today, Susan's saved. Kayla's saved. And Allie's saved. And, Allie saved and, the, and, and man, the goodness of God. But it was because it was a gift. And God gave it. And just like Daryl, all of us that are saved today, we received that gift. And we said, thank you, God. Now that we received the gift, now the battle begins. The gift was free. It was free, period. But now you got to start walking it out. See, the Lord wants us to grow into full maturity. And we can't grow into full maturity without the word of God daily in our life, without worship daily in our life, without prayer daily in our life. Without fellowship of the saints weekly in our life, without small groups weekly in our we, God's given us all of these amazing things to help us to grow up and mature and to get the knowledge of his word in our life. so now we're no longer just living by the emotion of the moment. Thank God. You remember when you first got saved? I was eight years old, man. I was wicked on my way to hell. I was going to split hell wide open over stealing bubble gum out of my mama's store, and I was convicted and you, I'm going to hell. And and, and man, that morning when that preacher preached, I got up, August the, the, the 8th, 1965, and I literally ran to the altar of the Lord and wept my way to salvation, eight years old. Don't tell me that these young people back here, these children, are not being imparted to the life of God, the kingdom of God, going to change their life from the inside out, from the inside out. Our children, they're not the next generation, they're our generation. And they receive just like us, but in receiving now we got to move on. Why? Because we got some crazy thoughts running through our head. We got our mind being bombarded by hell itself. Our heart—we're continually having to work to fight to protect our heart. What the Lord did for us, we fill it in our emotions. But but boy, you cannot live for God out of your emotions. Amen. Say amen to that by faith. Amen. You can't live for God out of your emotions. Your emotions will get you all jacked up, and your emotions will let you all down. And so, thank God, I love I love emotions. I I love I love. You know, I'm just at a place in my life. You know, I don't even apologize anymore. I just cry to drop a hat. I mean, I cry. I just cry. I, I start talking about my grandkids. I start crying. I start talking about the land in the first service. Start crying. I'm like, dude, we've owned that for 22 years, but all of a sudden, it was the reminder of what the Lord did 31 and a half years ago, and all of a sudden, man, I'm moved to tears. I watch anything with my wife, and she just starts laughing because I'm over there trying to be, you know, incognito as I'm flipping a tear, and, and then, you know, and then at my age, your tears burn, so now you you got to have some teardrops, you, you know, it's like, my gosh, when when was the time when you could just cry and nobody noticed it, you know, but, but now it is what, so I love my emotions, but Wow, I cannot live for God out of my emotions. When I first met Suzanne, I was a 20-year-old emotional kid. And, and literally, when, when she first met me, she thought I was cute. But she thought, man, he is one emotional wreck. <laughs> and, 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 and literally, I mean, she, 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 she had a discernment about the condition of my life. And hear me. It wasn't that I didn't love God. I loved God. But I was trying to live for God out of my emotions. So I went to Bible college all jacked up and excited because, wow, everybody here loves God. Everybody here is after pursuing God. And and when I used to go park with my girlfriend, uh, because there were other things we couldn't do, we could all go park, and my girlfriend showed me where everybody parked. And when we got there, there were all the other students of the Bible college that I was going to. And I'm like, man, it was so so disheartening because I had everybody up here, and I just wanted to be like them. And then, then all of a sudden I realized I am everybody. Because just like me, so many of those young people, they were in Bible college for the wrong reason, or they were there because their parents said it's the only school I'll pay for you to go to, or I went there, it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you, all kinds of reasons. But the thing is, you can't live for God out of your emotions for anybody. But what happened was, man, when God began to help me to bring discipline to my life, I learned what it meant to bring thoughts captive, then all of a sudden I began to grow up and I began to mature. And I went through hard times, man, and many of you went through hard times in your your growth walk, in your process, on your journey. Man, sometimes it was high, hear me, and sometimes it was low. And, And for everybody in here that's affected by the low times of your life, don't quit. God hasn't forsaken you. God hadn't rejected you because you got a low moment, man. You don't even feel saved right now. Everything's going on. You got all these issues. Hear me, man. Just run back to God, run back to His Word, run back to the place of worship, run back to a prayer place. Put God first, and He'll help you to walk through this process. So today, I'm kind of teaching, preaching Christianity 101. I mean, this is just foundation, but, but so for all of you that have been living for the Lord a really long time, don't sit here and think, well, praise God, I'll say amen for everybody else. No, no, I believe this is for all of us. No matter how long we've been walking with the Lord, man, he's, wanting, he's calling this to a newness, that our that walk today, man, the, 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 the newness of God's love, fresh every day in your life. But not if you just take God as well. I've been doing this for forty years. I'm going to church. I, you know, there's no message I haven't ever heard. There's, you know, you can't wait to get through the worship time, and yet all of a sudden the Lord's beginning to say to you, man, he he's wanting he's wanting to do something fresh in your heart today. He's wanting to do something fresh in your spirit today, man. He's wanting to do something fresh in your family today. He's wanting to do something fresh in your grandchildren today, man. He's not the God of yesterday. He's the God that was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today is the freshness of God. Today is the day of the promise of God. Today is the day when God will reveal to you his great love for you. Then no matter how bad you messed up this week, man, God is not like, he's not in the batter's box going, oh, bring me that head right there. I'm about to knock that. No, no, man. God's reaching out in mercy and grace, and his Holy Spirit is coming. He's convicting your heart, and he's saying, son, daughter, I love you. Yeah, but God, you you think he doesn't know? Come on, somebody. Do you think there's anything you've done that he doesn't know? That's a great lie of hell. I mean, the moment you thought it before you ever did it, he knew. And he still loves you. He's still merciful and gracious and extends that mercy. Why? So you can make things right. So you can say, God, that's really not what's in my heart. I want to be a, I want to be a man or woman after your heart. I want to, I, w- I want my thoughts to line up. I want my mind to get right. I want my I want my heart to be soft towards you constantly. I don't want to grow. I don't want to have a heart. Anybody know somebody's got a hard heart? Wow. They're some rough people, aren't they? I mean, when you harden your heart against the Holy Spirit, it, it, it's an ugly thing. Because all of a sudden, you think you're trying to protect one thing, but, but you're, you're opening up a whole can of worms that you don't want in your life. I want to, I want to forever love the spirit of conviction. I want, I, want to, I want to love when God loves me so much that he won't let me get by with nothing, honey. Nothing. The The minute. He, he, the minute you even think it, he responds because he's good. So listen to this. It's an amazing idea that we can capture thoughts and bring them under obedience to Christ Jesus. Every thought that we have literally needs to come under obedience to Christ. It's an act of discipline. You're not going to just do it. You don't, don't just wake up. It doesn't come natural. It's not just like, a oh, yeah, every day in every way. I just like, man, I just like, I have so much fun just bringing all those bad thoughts in line. No. You're going, to, you're going to be attacked by the enemy and some of those thoughts you're going to enjoy right. until all of a sudden the spirit of conviction goes, you play that out, where are you going to end up? Right. Come on, somebody. You walk that thought out, where are you going to end up? you end up somewhere that you don't want to be. And so we realize there's a battle. And and there's five things I want to give you that I believe is the battle for your soul. I mean, again, salvation's free. Your spirit man has surrendered to Jesus Christ. But there's five areas of your life that come under immediately attack. Once you give your heart, soul, mind, spirit, body, everything to Christ Jesus, immediately the enemy's going to begin to attack you. And these areas, five of them, the battle of your soul, first of all, your ears and your eyes. Your heart, your mind, and the thought process that comes out of your mind those five things as a believer no matter how young you are in the lord or how old you have to learn that every single day as you're in the word when it comes against your eyes then you got to protect your eyes when it comes against your ears you got to protect your ears you got to close yourself off to some some things you ought not to listen to so you know there are some things that some people should never do again oh are you saying we got to put law in ourselves no 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 you come to a place in your walk with christ that you like you know what I drink a little wine and I'm okay with wine. And for all of you that have children in this place, teach them the the difference and the balance of drinking a glass of wine and being a drunkard. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was weird. Step back here. I tell my buddy Pastor Francis all the time who he will not drink a glass of wine with me for nothing. I mean, he's got so much Catholicism left in him. And, and so he, 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 him and his wife, we try to, con, I mean, his wife and I try to convince him all the time. I say, come on, Francis, just, to, uh, just a sip, just to know you're free. And, and he said, oh, no. He said, I can't do that. I said, Francis, when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to be waiting for you. And he's going to say, before you can come in, you have to have a sip of this. Now, hear the balance of this. Some of you never need to drink another glass of wine in your life. Some of you never need to put a a sip of wine to your lip. You know why? Because that was a stronghold in your life. God set you free from it. Don't go back to your vomit. Okay? But before you go off on me about drinking a glass of wine, some of y'all got an issue with food. And everybody that I find that's always quick to judgment over one area, they got some other areas in their own lives. Okay? And so we're not called to be anybody's Holy Spirit. We need to to let Holy Spirit do what he does well. Amen? But but if it becomes an issue in your life, then you have to deal with it. And you walk in obedience to what Holy Spirit is saying to you. Not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your parents, not even your pastor. Look, you know what? I trust every one of you with my Holy Spirit. I don't have to. Matter of fact, I can't be your Holy Spirit, and you sure enough cannot be mine. Matter of fact, Holy Spirit's the only one who can be Holy Spirit. And when we can trust him with that, then we can walk out our salvation. We can walk in liberties and freedoms. And we also can, come on, look at here. We can also walk in restrictions. Restrictions. If, man, this is good right here. Restriction is as good as liberty. If it'll save your soul. Come on. If Holy Spirit puts it in your spirit, you need to have a restriction. See, there are a lot of things that I don't do. I shared, I shared my story two weeks ago for those of you that were here. The reason that I do not travel alone. As a pastor, as a preacher, as a businessman, as a man, as a, as a husband, as a father, and as a grandfather. There are certain things that it's worth to me to pay the price to protect. And every one of us has to understand that the, the onslaught of your thoughts and your mind, the enemy's coming against you. Listen carefully now. He's coming at you in the area of the, of the place in your life that is the weakest. He's not coming at you with what he came against Pastor George or against Pastor Ron or against Pastor Suzanne or against your mama or somebody else. He, he just circles you until he finds a weakness. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. He just keeps circling. He's ne- he never impatient. He just keeps circling the house until he finds a window that's been left unlocked. Right. Right. Screen door. Because if you forgot the screen door this time, next week you might forget the interior door. And he, he's, he's not in a hurry. He's just looking to see, is that thing locked? And he just keeps circling until one day he finds an open door, an open window, an open screen. And then when he comes... You crying out in the name of the Lord Jesus and my pastor is not going to save you. See, it's what you brought captive. It's what you brought into obedience in Christ Jesus. It's the word of God that you've been living and meditating on, spending time praying first. Holy Spirit's revealing. Listen to this. Holy Spirit will even tell you things that you have need to know. It's one of the beauties of the gift of the Holy Spirit. He comes to take the word that you've been meditating on, and then he takes that word. You ever read a word in scripture and go, man, I've read through the Bible like 10 times in my life, and I've read through this book, you know, 25 times, but I don't ever remember this scripture. And all of a sudden, a scripture that you've read many, many times, all of a sudden it comes alive. What is that? That's Holy Spirit bringing that scripture in that moment for your life because you need that thing to walk in victory today. That's why you got to be in the Word every day. That's why you got to be in prayer every day. That's why you got to be in worship every day. So the battle for your soul, your ears, your eyes, your mind, your thoughts, and your heart. I'm going to touch on all of these real quick for the next few minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. What do they have? Divine, divine power to do what? Destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take how many thoughts? And we take every thought captive to obey Christ Jesus. So, So what is Paul saying here? What is he saying to the church? Man, the enemy of your soul that has come against your mind, come against your thought process, come against your eyes or your ears or your heart, the enemy of your soul The Holy Spirit will help you to not only stop the works of darkness, but to begin to put them under your feet. So that now when you stand, you've done everything you know to stand. I read a a, a devotional this week and it said whenever you've done everything to stand, go ahead and sit down. And I'm like, hold it, that's not scriptural. (laughs) He doesn't say sit down. He says when you've done everything you know how to do to stand, stand firm. Stand firm, man, put your, anybody play golf in here? Let me see all the golfers in here. In that, three of us, wow, okay. (laughs) It's probably not a very good illustration there. How many have ever watched golf? You've seen golf on television. How many can spell golf? Let me see, you can spell golf. So so listen, when you play golf and you're hitting out on the green stuff where where everybody likes to be, uh, you plant your feet. But it's a whole different ball game if your ball lands in the sand trap. Because in the sand trap, You're allowed to do something in the sand trap that you're not allowed to do on the grass. On the the grass, you just put your feet there. You get nice and steady. You get all ready to go. And when you're ready and your head's down, then you go through the motion and you hit that ball. But in a sand trap, to keep from people breaking their necks and everything else and being able to actually get the ball out of the sand and up on the green, you're allowed to get in that sand and do this. Man, you just get your feet planted into that dirt. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want your foot slipping or both feet turning in that sand. You're never going to be able to just follow through, chip that ball out onto the green and watch it roll up into the hole and go in. That's how my sand shots are. <laughs> when I'm fantasizing and dreaming. It's happened at least once or twice in 40 years of playing golf, okay? It's not a common occurrence. Even though when you watch on television, they do it, and they actually talk about, oh, yeah, he's going to go ahead and chip this one in. I'm like, yeah, right. Then he does it, and you go, wow, that's a professional for you. We destroy arguments. We have the power. Why? Because we, we stand on a firm foundation. Your firm foundation cannot be on your emotions or that you were in church last Sunday. Firm foundation has got to be on one thing and one thing only, and that is the Word of God. Not the Word of God you're carrying around with you, you know, big Bible under your arm. You put it in your car when you go to work, and you open it up on the windshield while you're at work, and then you close it when you come back, take it back home, and open it up, and you just walk by the Word. What is that going to do for you? Nothing! See, it's only when you get in the word that the word now, as I said two weeks ago, Jesus said, come abide in me. How do you abide in Christ? You abide in his word. He said, abide in me and I in you. So when we abide in the word of God, when we open up the word of God, we begin to meditate on the word of God. Christ dwells within us. Holy Spirit begins to teach us and talk to us about that word, begins to show us things that we have need to know, and we get out and we begin to walk. Now we're walking in victory because we're not being moved by our emotions, we're being moved by the word of the Lord. Because hear me, what you feed, I've said this a few times over 31 and a half years, what you feed and what you starve. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. So if you'll feed yourself a healthy diet of the word of God every day, then when the enemy comes against your soul, what you're going to respond with is not Kung Fu, it's going to be the word of God. Jesus was tempted, listen to this, as were we. What did Jesus do that oftentimes we don't do? We think, well, I got to get to my counselor. I got to call a Pastor. I got to get on the phone with my connect group leader. No, no. Jesus simply, I'm going to have to use one of Ron's sayings right here now. I am preaching better than you're shouting because listen to me. Jesus simply responded with the word of God. It doesn't say he screamed. It doesn't say he hollered. It doesn't say he kung fu's the devil. It doesn't say that he shouts. He just simply declares the word of the Lord says, the word of God says. And what happened? Devil flees. Comes back a second time. Second temptation. What's Jesus do? Same thing he did the first time. He responds with the word of God. Comes back a third time. What does he do? He responds with the word of God. Now the devil flees. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What does that mean, resist the devil? Devil! 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 I resist you. And he's laughing at you. If you don't have any word, you just say it and I resist you, that's not resisting. For men, our battles sometimes are different than women and women's battles are different than men. I can get Pastor Suzanne up here and let her give an illustration on what some of you women deal with. But we men that love God, love truth, love the word, we're still men. And men deal with what they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, smell with their nose. So when we are put in a situation where the enemy brings something, hear me, that can tempt me into my presence, how are you going to respond? You're going to freak the poor young lady out? I resist you. (laughs) They're going to call the cops on you. (laughs) Yeah, what was she doing? She just stand there mind her own business. <laughs> or you go to a place and you get put in a situation. We're not called to be mystical or weird. Right. See, sometimes resisting is all of a sudden the wisdom of God comes and he says, flee. Right. Flee. Yep. Now, what does flee mean? Right. At the rock school, what does flee mean? <laughs> At private school, what does flee mean? Right. Come on, keep saying it. What? To run, to flee, to get away. See, there are certain things that Scripture just simply says, don't don't stand up and fight, don't even resist, just flee, just run. And as you're running, hallelujah, I love my wife. Woo! Man, I love my wife. She's awesome. Forty years, she's the only one I've known, and I'm going to keep it that way. Don't even look behind you. Don't even look behind you. See, you you got to accept the reality. Where did David, the man who had a heart after David, where did David mess up during the season of battle, war? It's time to be fighting. David went home for a little R&R, stood up on the balcony and looking over, and he saw something, and he didn't flee. He should have grabbed his sword and his shield right then and there, and they would have been running. David, where are you going? Man, I'm going back to battle. I'm going to war where it's safe. I'll preach right there, won't it? I'm going to where there's warfare, man. The arrows are coming at me, but I got the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. What you running from? Something I ain't even gonna talk about. I ain't talking about what I saw. This reality. This will set you free and save your life. I don't wanna, I don't wanna. You know, walk with God for 30, 40, 50 years only to mess up my life at the end. Right, right. Hear me. Temptation still coming. It's yeah. 62. Yeah. I had somebody recently, man, they were like crying out for help. And he said, Pastor, just tell me. He said that when I get to your age, will I still be tempted? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Am I like Methuselah here or What? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you can be. See, I love my wife, and she is beautiful. And I recognize God created a lot of other beautiful women. They're not mine. See, as a daughter or a mother or a sister in this house, I can hug you and love you and embrace you as a sister, as a mom, or as a daughter. But her, well, that's a different story. See, I get to embrace her as my wife. And I have every right to. I have no right to embrace you the way I embrace her. You understand that? And, and, and when I get in trouble is when I start thinking about wanting to embrace somebody else the way I embrace her. What is that? That's temptation. For a season, you might just have to go, you know what? I, I can't hug anybody right now. I'm dealing with me. It's good. And, 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 and we're okay with that. Because, see, we're all walking through a journey, and we all have to be real with what our battle is. And as I told you a couple weeks ago, you can't be tempted except by something that tempts you. And so for women and for men, temptation's temptation. You know, I I told a couple stories in the first service. I mean, some women are tempted with reading romance novels. Ladies, let me set you all free. Stop reading that mess. Because we, your husbands... We can never line up or fulfill what you just got through reading about in that book. It's impossible. We're not good enough, loving enough, kind enough, sweet enough. Ride straight enough on our stallions. We just can't do it. (laughs) We're not your stud, man. I'm telling you what. We're just a man (laughs) by the grace of God that's been saved is trying to do our best. See, we put each other in places where the other can't succeed. Any woman in here that's trying to get your husband to treat you like the last 10 romance novels you read, you're going to be highly disappointed your entire married life. We need the Word. And the Word will change our lives. So, listen to this. Every thought you have Every thought you have takes you on a journey. Everybody's on a journey. Is the trajectory of your thoughts leading you where you want to go? You're on a journey and your thoughts are a part of your journey. Right now, on a day-to-day basis, are your thoughts taking you where you want to go? And if they're not, you need to stop. Firmly put your foot down in Christ Jesus. Repent where you need to repent. Ask God to cleanse your mind, your thought process. Learn what it means to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Because if not, if you continue down that thought process, it's going to lead you to where you do not want to go. Grab every thought, subject it to the Word of God, and then stand back and watch as you do won't be easy. It won't always be fun. But if you will discipline your life, bring every thought captive, get your mind right, watch over your heart, guard your eyes, guard your ears, doing everything you can to do. If you'll do that and walk it out, you'll step back and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. My crooked path, he just made straight. Because the fruit of obedience is life. And the consequence of disobedience is always death. So you got to line up. You want to walk it, you want to live it out. Revelations chapter two and chapter three, seven places. The Lord speaks to John the Revelator on the island of Patmos and he says to him, I want you to write seven letters to the seven churches. And in each of those letters, he writes something very specifically and clear. And in each of those letters, he, Jesus says something seven different times and seven times they are recorded in these seven different letters to the churches. And this, those words are this, to him who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. See, that word is as relevant today in 2019 as it was 2,000 years ago. Jesus is speaking. Let everyone that has an ear hear what the Spirit's saying and let him line up with that word. One last scripture and I'm closing. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12 is that go-to passage of Scripture that every one of us as believers have to grab hold of and understand it is the foundation for our victory in Christ. Do not be, matter of fact, let's read this out loud together, okay? Read out loud. Do not be conformed to this world. Stop there. Let's read it again. Do not be conformed to this world. Before we read on, just pause and think about that for a moment. Jesus is saying to us through Paul, writing to the church at Rome, he writes, pins something to the church that 2,000 years ago is still relevant for you and I today. And he says, do not be conformed to the world. Meaning there are things going on in the world that believers were doing just like the unbelievers. And Paul says, no, no, no you got to stop that. And then he says, read, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we have to stop conforming, looking, smelling, acting, sounding like the world. And we do that by the transformation that comes through the word of God. So you open up the word and you begin to walk out. What is the Lord saying? Psalm chapter one, verse one through three. It's one of the first six passages of scripture I ever learned to memorize the six verses in, Romans, in Psalm chapter one. And it, it's so powerful because of the significance of just a simple phrase. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the council of, of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That's, that's, that's the world. That's, that's, that's conforming to what the world says and what the world does and how they act. He said, but his delight is instead in the law of the Lord or in God's word. And listen to this. In, in his law or in his word, he meditates once a week on Sunday morning at 1110. No, no. Both day and night. I want you to pause with this and I'm going to close. What is the greatest struggle right now between your ears, your thoughts, your mind, your eyes, your ears, your heart? I'm not speaking to anybody else. I'm talking just to you right now, very specifically to you looking you in the eye and I'm asking you a question what is that one thing that the enemy is trying to destroy your life with Paul says you don't have to accept that any longer he said you literally can be transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God meaning you take the word of God and go you know what I am sick and tired of being tormented by this thought this action over here. I'm not going to do this by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going down this road again. Today, I'm bringing this thought captive. I'm going to find me a brother or I'm going to find me a sister and I'm going to be accountable to them. And I'm going to tell them this weakness that I've been struggling with because I don't want this to be a part of my destiny or my future. I want it to be a part of my past. Therefore, I got to be willing to confront it, confess it as what it is, which is sin, not pleasing to God. And I am tormented because of This one area of my life And I'm tired of it And whatever I got to do I'm going to plant my feet firmly I'm going to declare the word of the Lord I'm going to confess my sin to a brother Or if I'm a lady to a sister I'm going to acknowledge this thing And I'm going to ask for some prayer covering around me Because I don't want this thing any longer To be a part of my life See if we walk that way And live that way There would be a whole lot less sliding back Or backslidden state In the body of Christ so I love God. And I love his word. And I love his spirit. I love his presence. I love that I can come to him and pray about anything that I'm going on that's going on in my life and he wants to hear it and he has an answer for my prayers. And that my life for him It's not just about a religious activity that I do once a week, but it literally is in preparation for me to walk out everything that God has plans for my life, not just in heaven one day, but the here and now. That these precious little sisters just got baptized today and made a public declaration. You know what? God has a plan for these gals. God has a purpose for their lives. They're still living because God's not through with them yet. And just like I used to tell my 99-year-old dad, dad, until the Lord's through with you, you keep living. And as long as you're living and breathing, God's got a plan for you. You can pray. You can make intercession. You can give. You can serve. You can you can give wisdom to the next generation. I sat there holding my my grandchildren My son, Luke's children, who is the husband of Ollie, who is the granddaughter of one of these precious ladies. And I sat there holding my little grandson, Jordan, and he was so serious. And I was speaking in his ear about his great aunt that was being baptized. And then when his grandmother, they call her, what do y'all say in Spanish? Welly. Is that right? Close to it. Something like that. And I'm, I'm watching my grandson, and I realize that Wella here is just as impactful in his life as my dad was in his life. And he's listening so intently that it literally caught me off guard. He just turned four this week, and yet he's watching his grandmother just about to be baptized. And you could just see in his little mind he's trying to figure all this out. Thank God he's in a place where he gets to look at something and try to figure it out. You know, what's what's this all about? I thought everybody older than me was saved and loving God. And and all of a sudden, children and grandparents get to use as a teaching stone. What is it in your life that you're wanting the Lord to teach you? Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say, God, I I want my mind right, my heart guarded. I want to cover my eyes and protect my ears. And I want my thought process to come under obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head close your eyes for just a moment? Father, I thank you today that the promise of your word is yes and amen. And that I believe and confess not only for myself but for this whole house. That our thoughts, the things that we think about one by one. We have the power through obedience to your word, to bring every thought captive so that one by one we can change our world by changing our thought process one at a time. Father, I pray that you will help us today, no matter where we are on our journey with you, no matter how young we are in Christ or how many years we've been walking, Father, that we will once again today realize how important it is for us to protect our eyes, watch over our ears, Renew our minds, discipline our thoughts, and guard our hearts. Father, I pray over us as the church today. I ask you to help us capture every thought that will take away from your will for our lives. That we will not expect you to do what you have called us to do. You've told us to bring every thought captive. So we focus on the thought of your word that will guide us to the renewal of our mind so that we can be transformed, no longer conforming to the things of this world, but becoming instead like Christ. We believe and trust that your word and your spirit will guide us, will guide us to health, will guide us to strength, to peace, to joy, to purpose, to walking out our salvation, to living out our lives to be in Christ on the earth. Father, I thank you for the promise of heaven one day. But you've given us the earth today to rule and to reign in. So we bring every thought that is not of you, Lord, to that place where we're going to learn to cast it down. Help us to cast down every thought and every imagination that does not line up with you. We desire the mind of Christ In all that we do as we pursue living out, Father, your plans for our lives, your purpose. Lord, you do make the crooked path straight and you do enable us and strengthen us that once we choose to get off of that wicked wide path and stop being conformed to the world when we declare we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, then you grace us and strengthen us to walk in that straight and narrow. That through it all, you would be glorified through us, is our prayer. Glorify yourself through our lives, through our marriages, through our families, through our relationships. We give you thanks for it in praise. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. Would you keep your head bowed for just a moment and your eyes closed? Right quickly before we leave this place, I want to just take a moment for those who are watching online and anyone that's sitting in this room this morning, you have yet to surrender to the Father by surrendering to His Son, Jesus Christ. You know about God. Maybe you've visited church. Maybe you once even walked with God. But today you find yourself at a place where you're not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. God is not your father, and you have been walking your own walk. And the Lord's brought you here today to remind you once again how much he loves you. That he has thoughts that are much higher for you than your own thoughts. He has a way that's much better than your way. And most importantly, he has a son that was willing to die on a cross that his blood was shed for your sins that you cannot save yourself from. You need a Savior. His name is Jesus. He loved you. He loves you. He died for you. And he's at the right hand of the Father today making intercession on your behalf because he wants you to become a son a daughter of Yahweh, the living God, the great I am. This morning, God's done everything he can do for you. There's one thing left, and he cannot do it. You're the only one that has the power to surrender. You're the only one that has the power to say, God, I cannot save myself. I need your son, and I need what he did for me. God chose you. Jesus chose you. Will you choose him? If you will this morning, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you just to lift up your hands and let me recognize it. And then I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer that the power of this prayer is going to change your eternity. It's going to change your life forever. It's going to wash your sins away and cleanse you and let you become a son or daughter of the Most High God, the one who loved you first and foremost. But it's your choice. If you're watching online, obviously we cannot see you, but you can call in, text in, or email in and let us know that you prayed this prayer with us today. But for those of you sitting here right now, before I pray, this is your moment. This is your day. This is this is your time. The Lord's brought you here, and he's knocking at your heart's door, and he's saying, will you open up and allow me to come in? If you want to do that today, would you just lift up your hand wherever you're seated in this place? and? Let me recognize you this morning. And right where you sit, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment. But that's you today. This is your moment. This is your hour. This is your time. You want to get things right with Jesus Christ today. It's the most amazing, powerful, and difficult decision you ever make in your life is that choice to say, I surrender to God. If that's you today, right where you are, just lift up your hand. Hallelujah. If not, then I'm going to rejoice and believe that we are all walking with Christ today. And if you're not, hear me. While your head's still bowed, just listen for a moment. That decision is the most amazing yet difficult decision you ever make in your life. But you should count the cost. The gift is free. But then the Lord says, I want your life. You ponder that and you think about that. And when you're ready to make that decision, either privately in your own home or publicly in a place like this, know that God is there. He's prepared your heart by his Holy Spirit and he loves you so much. So Father, I pray for anybody that's watching online or anybody that's even sitting in this place that today they just weren't ready. Keep them safe, protect them, watch over them until that time when they come to that place where they can surrender completely to you. I give you thanks and praise for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Rock of Gainesville. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org.